Hi friends, I'm Chrissy Baki. I'm the hippie Christian who cares. And tonight's one of those nights where I brought my computer and my microphone down to my dining room table and I have seven candles lit. There's no significance to the number of candles. I just counted them. And I've got the lights off and I'm just trying to create sort of a serene environment because I find myself being super uptight, grinding my teeth, tension in my shoulders and my neck. And it's only the second week of Lent. Like this is the season where we get to follow the life of Christ and ponder the journey to the cross. So stick with me because I got more to share today about my adventure and how my adventure connects with your adventure. So when I say my adventure, it's really my life and this podcast and how my podcast and my words intersect with anybody who chooses to listen. And if you are choosing to listen today, I believe that someone is meant to hear the words that I'm saying. And not because what I say is so profound, it's not, but because I asked God for this opportunity and he made it really easy. Yeah, you're going to hear how easy it is later in a commercial because I like to do a little commercial for Anchor. But for real, if I can create this, anybody can and the whole amazing part is, it's been so much fun doing that. So that's what I mean by my adventure. And your adventure is the fact that you're willing to listen to that, to this. I think that is super awesome. And maybe you feel compelled to because you're my friend. And if you do, then that means you're like a really good friend or like you might be my sister. I only have one So if it's you, you're my favorite, Susie. I love you so much. And if you were the only listener, I would still do this. That's how important you are to me. The beauty is I know that there's other people who listen too. So just thinking out loud like Bob and Phyllis and Anne and Judy and... Randy and Emma and maybe Pastor Brad question mark because if you listen to this episode I'm gonna need you to say like oh my gosh you shouted me out yeah Pastor Brad I did so if you don't tell me that I shouted you out then you're totally busted on not listening it's kind of like setting my pastor up and that feels wrong And yet I know him well, and he'll find it super funny because he knows I'm a big fat joker, and that's just hilarious. So there's your test, Pastor Brad. Hope you pass. 
Shelly, Brian, don't tell them. Anyways, if I don't shout you out, it's not because I don't love you. It's just because probably I don't know that you are listening. So Karen, Wendy, all of you, I love you so much. And our adventures connect. And I think that's the super cool part. Like what I found out, and I'm so notorious for those long pauses in between words. It's because my brain is just working so super fast. But the liturgical calendar for week two of Lent for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod had a bunch of good stuff. There is something from the Old Testament, something from the New Testament. Um, I should say like an epistle, which is after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, something from the gospel, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then a psalm. And so there's four choices, and Jeremiah had some good things to say, and the gospel had some good stuff to say, and the epistle had some good stuff to say, but something about the psalm called out to me. And the crazy part is, is that when I first wanted to do the hippie Christian Who Cares I just felt like I wanted to share Jesus or this adventure of my faith life with others in hopes that maybe they would come to know Jesus. And then I'm pretty sure that most of the people who listen probably already know Jesus or go to church or have some sort of faith in their life. And so then I think maybe, maybe this is more for me than it is for you. Maybe in looking at whatever topic or whatever Bible verse or whatever anything that I choose to talk about, I have to do a little bit of research or at least a little bit of praying over this and I swear most of the time, God just puts the words in my mouth while I'm doing it. And so sometimes it comes across more serious than others, but almost always I throw in some weird story that makes it kind of funny and makes it a little bit more real in, hey, this girl isn't a scholar or a theologian. She's just like anybody else. And I think that's just the truth. I think that by hearing a message from somebody who is just an average human who loves Jesus might make you feel really good about yourself, or maybe it makes you feel like, hey, I'm not so bad after all. If this girl is doing it, I can do it too. You know, why do we compare ourselves to somebody else? Like, don't compare yourself to me. Even if it does make you feel better about yourself, compare you to you and compare you to who God sees every day. Like, that is one of the messages, because there's 
clearly somebody listening who is feeling stressed out about this life. I know that's probably some of my stress lately in a time where it's Lent and we just have this beautiful opportunity to ponder this life of Jesus and look at who he is and what he did as a man on earth, 100% man, 100% God. And he comes down to earth and the things that he says and he does and the people he talks to and hangs out with and touches and heals and loves on, ah, such great stuff. And yet how many of us, and like I'm raising my hand, I don't know if anybody else out there is lifting their hand up. When I say how many of us fixate just on ourselves. So with that, let me read Psalm 4 to you. I am going to read Psalm 4, but at first I'm just going to apologize for that small seven minutes of rambling. Hopefully I didn't lose any of you during that seven minutes. I just felt the need to say that our adventures cross paths for a reason. So Psalm 4 is pretty short, and the crazy part is there is legit two prayers sandwiched in this short psalm of only, that's page turning, of only eight verses. So in eight verses, David, who wrote this psalm, or it's assumed that he wrote the psalm because it says, for the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. David must have been a little bit like um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who like, you know, just is like cranking out all kinds of musicals in this sort of psalmist sort of way, which is like old school rapper, you know what I mean? Like Old Testament rapper would be a psalmist. I'm just saying that I'm completely making that up, but I think it's hilarious. And now there's a part of me that wish I was talented enough to read this psalm as though I was um, from Hamilton. Wouldn't that be super funny? Like if all of a sudden I could do it, but I can't, which makes it even funnier because now you're just like, whoa, giant geek. And she's already talking for almost two minutes and hasn't read the psalm. But I'm going to read it in chunks to you. I lied about reading the whole thing. I'm going to read it in chunks. So it starts off with a prayer to God that simply says, Answer me when I call to you. O my righteous God, give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Wow, that's pretty short stuff, isn't it? This is just David calling out to God that says, answer me when I call you. Like, doesn't that sound like a kid? Mom, mom, answer me, answer me. Or I, or, or like a mom calling her kid. And I can totally see myself doing this to my son, Jared, especially Jared. Um, but sometimes Susie, like, why don't you answer when I call you? I know you're literally holding your cell phone at all times. 
Um, but differently than that, David says, answer me when I call you, oh, my righteous God. So even though it starts off sounding like he's demanding, like, answer me, he does say, oh, my righteous God. And righteous meaning like you are the only holy one. You are the only one that is 100% right. And then he says, please, like he doesn't say please, but it says, give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. If you've ever prayed to God when you're stressed out and asked for relief and he has given it to you, wow, right there, God is good. And sometimes he says no, because he wants us to learn something or he wants us to be able to take it and use that somehow. Or we might just be missing the signs of how he's giving us relief because in our distress, hurt, sadness, grief, whatever it is, we're missing it. We're humans. We kind of suck. And so be merciful to me and hear my prayer. I am living proof that God hears our prayers. And if you are a praying person, there are a whole, whole lot of prayers God has answered. And it is crazy how we put our trust in God to ask for help. We don't always trust God in the way that he gives it. And why not? Like, this is a God who never fails us. So interestingly, though, from here, verse 2, by the way, that was only, that prayer was one, counted as one verse in Psalm 4. So that was Psalm 4.1. But then he goes right from that prayer to sort of addressing perhaps his close friends or his family or more likely people that work for him or his troops. How long, O oh men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false God and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. So this is, I think he's saying like, hey, I don't know why you guys are taking like the glory of God and turning it into shame. Like, why are you saying, like, maybe they're saying like, Ugh, why are you praying to God? He doesn't listen. Um, and he says, how long will you love delusions and seek false gods? And, you know, I think we take that so literally. And in some cases, there are people who literally serve false gods, but there's a lot of false gods that come in the form of too much of indulging in something other than our God. The things that we put our trust in, that put our comfort in, put our hope in, put our 
time and energy and investment in, like sometimes those are false gods. And so how often do we try to plan out our life and how often do we try to map the course of where we're going? Because we live in a world full of self-help and pull up your bootstraps and you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going and, you know, there's no I in team and all these catch phrases that try to tell us on our own, we have everything it takes to survive and succeed in this world. Gong. Did you ever watch, <laughs> did you ever watch the gong show? It was like read ridiculously crazy, borderline stupid, and yet somehow like a train wreck, you totally wanted to watch it. Anybody remembered um, Jean Jean, the dancing machine? Oh my gosh, ridiculous. And somehow you super loved Jean Jean, the dancing machine. Honest to God, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google the gong show Jean Jean, the dancing machine. It just was super funny, super duper funny and so delightful. All he did was dance and he didn't even dance particularly good. And somehow the guy was delightful. Anyways, my real point is if, if you're investing too much time watching the gong show, that's potentially a false God, right? But then he just backs it up and says, know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. Like God has us set apart. And when we are godly, he brings us in. The Lord will hear when I call to him. So he's saying, you know, you can chase after all these things. You can make fun of me and sort of shame me for my prayer and my faith, but God hears us. And when I call to him, he answers. And I think that if you ever do like a prayer journal or a prayer list, like I love a prayer list because sometimes I'll check in. And one time I was praying for my friend, Ellie, who was, um, who's a pretty recent widow and just had two different places and a farm and stuff and things and needed to take care of, you know, what do I sell? What do I not sell? How do I, how do I slowly rebuild after the loss of my husband? And so I had her on my prayer list probably longer than even necessary, but I didn't want to take her off because I wanted to make sure if she still needed prayer for that stuff. And then when I would chat with her, she was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Everything's great. This worked out and this happened and all is good. And then she's so beautiful. She's like, how can I pray for you? I love that. So this is good stuff that's coming from David. And I don't know how it fits in connection with him praying. And, and is he stopping to pray and people are like making fun of him. And then he says like, hey, how long, oh man, will you turn my glory into shame? Like, like 
I'm praying and you're making fun of me. I don't know if those two are connected or not, but I just love the fact that he's saying like, God, answer me. So he's like a little concerned here. Like, you know, and I know you're righteous. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. And then he instantly, or maybe not instantly, but he then is telling us how he shares with these men that he knows about not following our hearts, so to speak, or our dreams or our desires or wants, needs, that kind of stuff, but trusting in this God who sets apart those who follow him and he answers our prayer. David continues and tells these men, in your anger, do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Those two verses, four and five of Psalm 4, just are great advice. In your anger, do not sin. Boy, there's a lot of truth to that. Have you ever heard of halt, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired? Those are the things that you want to stop and consider before you make a bad decision. So the halt, hungry, A is angry, L is lonely, and T is tired. So halt. So that in your anger, do not sin. Just a good just a good advice. And I probably am dragging that out because it's so easy to be angry and say something dumb. It's so easy to be angry and do something dumb. It's just so easy to make a mistake when you're angry. So in your anger, do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your heart and be silent. I think, I think the reason that it says when you are on your beds is because no matter who you are or who you share a bed with, there is that moment that you have the opportunity to pray, to, that an opportunity to think, an opportunity for your mind when you close your eyes, even to go to sleep, where your mind unwinds and begins to shut down. And it gives you an opportunity to search your hearts and be silent. Oh my goodness, I'm not sure I always want to search my heart. Because sometimes I picture my heart kind of like the subway in Michael Jackson's video, Bad. Can you picture it? I'm hoping you are all Michael Jackson fans in terms of his music and his entertainment. And the album is white and black with red spray paint that says bad. And the whole idea is if my heart is like this subway that is all white walls and all my actions and thoughts and deeds 
that I do and that I don't do, that I say and that I leave unsaid are all written in graffiti on these white walls. Yeah. Then my, then my wall, then the walls of my heart need to be washed by the blood of Jesus desperately. And so searching your heart is difficult. The silent part, maybe not so much because sometimes it's just easier to not even try to justify. Sometimes it's easier to ponder it than it is even to say it out loud and to have an opportunity to confess it to God, to acknowledge it before him, and then to offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. And you might say, well, what? I'm not going to go out and like sacrifice a goat or a turtle dove or a calf. You know, like we don't do animal sacrifices anymore. But how about sacrifices of not sinning? Sacrifices of giving out of love instead of what we can afford? How about sacrifices of taking time out to listen to somebody and spend time with them when you don't necessarily have the time? How about sacrifices of showing human kindness and sacrifices of making sure to pray when you can't do anything else? So many sacrifices that we can make, sacrificing words that hurt people. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. And I love the ending of that verse. First, offer the right sacrifice and trust in the Lord. So to trust, to know that by making a sacrifice, God is going to take care of us, that, that, that trust in the Lord for him to answer our prayer, for him to take the graffiti of our hearts and to wash it away, or maybe he will go a little Godspell on us. Anybody see the movie Godspell, the musical? Um, so good, but they take that like super junky yard and they turn it into something beautiful. So you take the graffiti of your heart and turn it into a beautiful mural. And maybe it still has that graffiti-ish look because let's be honest, it's kind of cool. But you just don't want it to say bad stuff. You want it to preach goodness and kindness and love and mercy and grace and point to Jesus, right? And so you want them to write love on our hearts and peace on our hearts and grace on our hearts. And so when we trust in the Lord, he is present, working that beautiful art in our hearts, washing us with the blood of Jesus and giving us the grace and the mercy that we don't deserve, but because God loves us and because we have faith in this fabulous, 
Almighty God. He does that for us. Verse 6 starts with a question. And because it starts with a question and then has the next sentence, I'm thinking that this is the second prayer, the start of the second prayer of David in Psalm 4. So it's Psalm 4, 6 through 8, and it will conclude this psalm. But it says, and I I believe this is my interpretation for what it's worth. Many are asking, who can, now all of a sudden I'm starting to laugh because Pastor Brad, if you are listening, you are 100% welcome to tell me your thoughts on this. And I'm totally cracking up because I feel like I keep making fun of Pastor Brad. I'm not. I love him. He's a good human and he's super scholarly and he does set me straight many times. And sometimes we agree to disagree and we still love each other. So Chrissy's interpretation and hopefully Pastor Brad will set me straight. Any other pastors listening? Because if you are, email me hippiechristianwhocares at gmail.com. I would love to know that you're listening and you are certainly um, allowed to rebuke any of my thoughts. The rest of you can rebuke me too because I love that kind of banter. So back to the podcast and not my usual deviation cracking myself up here. But I believe that David is starting off with a prayer saying to God, many are asking who can show us any good. Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Real cool end of a prayer and a real cool way after he shares this information with these men to end in prayer. Listen to my new commercial. You guys are going to be excited. It's a short one and it's not the same old like Happy New Year one. So yay to that. Short break, and then we'll come back and really discuss this prayer. I feel a little bit like that comedian that just takes that one person and keeps picking on them all night long. And it's kind of funny, but it's kind of rude. So sorry, Pastor Brad, that you are the person I picked to continue to badger during this podcast. And the worst part is you're not even in person to like defend yourself, but you don't need to because you're a good guy and you really do know your stuff. So yeah, everybody, that's me sucking up to the pastor, but let me just tell you, he is a pretty good guy and he does know his stuff. So yay to that. So the prayer, many are asking who can show us any good. David is just saying to God, like, oh my gosh, we're having this conversation and everybody is wondering, like, you know, the world's a really cruddy place. Mm, Yeah, way back then and here and now. So who can show us any good? 
Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. Oh my goodness. I feel like when I am driving to work or anytime I am in direct sunlight, that that is the light of Christ's face shining on me. Now, it does not mean that if to let the light of your face shine upon me mean go outside and stand in the sun. I mean, that's certainly not a bad way because there is the natural beauty that God created and that feels like the face of God. I kind of enjoy that actual visual and that feel of the warm sun in the whole nine yards. I just, that is a reminder to me that that is the face of God. But I feel the light of Christ's face shine upon us in a world full of craziness and brokenness. All those moments when people are so good and so kind and so loving. I mean, we are seeing it in so many ways as it applies to what's happening in Ukraine. We are seeing it in so many ways when states make crazy laws that are hurtful about people whose lives make a difference and that these laws will actually harm humans. How are we letting that happen? And as Christians, I believe we cannot uphold laws that hurt people. We cannot uphold laws that discriminate so badly against people. We are not going to point people to Jesus through laws. We are going to point people to Jesus by our actions, by our grace and mercy and forgiveness and the love and kindness. That's how we will point people to Jesus, through our actions and our mouths and not through our laws. So we absolutely cannot with we cannot agree to support laws that are going to cause people harm regardless of how you feel about the action of whatever the law is and heavenly father please help our world to stop treating people so poorly. We see Jesus's face shine on us in those moments of goodness. In fact, David says, you have filled my heart with greater joy than when the grain and new wine abound. Harvest time. So when they are reaping a bountiful harvest when they take the grapes from their vineyards and they have new wine 
and when it is plentiful and everybody is so excited for this bountiful harvest, David says, and I'm so sorry for the page turn, you have filled my heart with greater joy than that feeling. So this is a really good feeling that he has. And if you're not a farmer or a gardener that understands that sort of bounty, I'm sure there's other things like maybe it's like saying you make, you fill me with greater joy than when it's Christmas morning and there's thousands of presents and everybody's so happy. Like that is a great thing, right? But he's saying this is even better than that. This is better than that bountiful harvest. And then he says, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I can sleep peacefully and not be filled with so much tension because I'm worried about this, that, or another thing. And, and like, uh, even in saying that, I feel the tension relieve from my neck and my shoulders because where is my trust? Jennifer Knapp has a song that says, I won't trust in the things I do because they will not stand and they won't come true. So I'll trust in the name of the Lord, my God. So true. Nothing I can do or nothing anybody else can say that is going to have that same trust factor that we get from God. God never fails us. And when we go back to the original prayer, answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God, give me relief from my distress, be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Again, in Psalm, the verse five, Psalm four, verse five, offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. And then he wraps it up with this, like, first I'm begging for you to listen to me and give me relief. And then he's saying, like, let the light of your face shine on us because you fill my heart with greater joy than this bountiful harvest. And I'm just like, I, I've had this conversation with these men and now I'm realizing I, I can lie down and sleep in peace. Like you, your Lord, and I trust you so much that I know that you are going to keep me safe. And he will. And even when it feels like you're not safe, when it feels like you're being pressed in on all sides, and maybe it's real, true danger. God is present. God is there. Keep reaching out to him. Keep giving every single burden to him. So important. In eight verses, Psalm 4 is complete and yet there's so much in it. Two prayers, conversation about 
doing the right thing and getting straight with God. And it goes from God hear me to I can sleep safely at night because I trust in God and you've got me covered. Wow, how cool is that? Thank you so much for listening this week. I continue to learn so much on this adventure and I am so glad my adventure crosses paths with yours. I hope that this week your adventure is filled with hope and trust and strength and grace and mercy and love. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you next week. Thank you.